0: consulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
2: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Peter Rudmanson. He is the president of Recruit Military. Thanks for joining us today, Peter. Happy to be here, Mike. Good. Before we go further, let me uh, remind people about some of the upcoming shows. Tomorrow's show is... Chip Shriver, he's the president of Shriver Security Systems. They're the Sonatrol dealer in this town, security business. Next week, on Thursday, we have Mike Hoffman from Miranda Homes of Cincinnati. And we have Bill Scarvilla. He is the owner of Harmony Hill Winery. He even promised to bring some wine. We'll see if that happens. (laughs) It'll be a happy show. And on Thursday, the 17th, we have Raymond Sanoff. Who's a web developer? He owns a company called Signoff uh, Consulting. And then we're going to have from Jack Weiland Builders, Jeff Weiland. And then we have a winner of the 40 the 40 award. One of my favorite guys, a fellow named Ryan Rybolt, who started up his own credit card processing company called Infotech, and he's done very well for himself. And he's going to tell us how he's how he has done that. Other similar events coming up Wednesday. October 16th at the Clover, Clover Country Club. We still have a few seats available for the Business Builder Series. That runs from 1130 to 115. That's, that program is called Seven Deadly Sins of Sales. Uh, there's a $25 fee for that program. I think there are four or five seats still available. Sandler Training Calendar goes on as, as usual. We have the Foundations Program on Wednesdays, and we have President's Club on Friday mornings. And we, in November we have a another cold call camp coming up for those people who have to make cold calls, how to get gatekeep, get by gatekeepers, how to build three dynamite scripts for contacts, and five ways to make other people call you back when you leave a voicemail. So now, now let me tell everyone about you, Peter. Peter's 49 years old and he's the president and CEO of Recruit Military. It's a 16-year-old company that excels by leveraging the talent of our nation's finest people, our veterans. The company helps. Other companies attract, appreciate, retain high-quality veterans as employees and or students. Uh, Peter's career has been dedicated to leadership in media, education, and the information business. Information business, you mean like IT? Uh,
3: Information and database, uh, publishing, that sort of thing.
2: Okay, good. Peter's worked with companies like the Dropout and Truancy Prevention Network. Yes, that's one I never heard of. The Priceless Legacy Company, Beckett Media LP, Design Guide Publishing, and Jobs.com. That's kind of similar to Recruit Military. It sure is. Part of the story. Part of the story. Okay. Early in his career, Peter worked as an investment person at Morgan Stanley. What did you do for Morgan Stanley?
3: Investment banker, corporate finance, and uh, debt capital markets. Okay. A good part of the business.
2: Uh, At the time. Yeah. Okay. Peter is a former U.S. Marine field artillery, and intelligence officer. Peter is a graduate of the Harvard School of Business, MBA, and Brown University, BA. Peter also serves as an honorary counsel for the Honorary Counsel for Iceland in the in North Texas. That's right. There probably aren't very many people. There aren't
3: a whole lot of Icelanders in the world, and there are even fewer in North Texas. But those that, that exist there need me for uh, emergency passports and visas and that sort of thing.
2: Oh, okay. So all three people talked to you. It's a
3: few more than three, but not many more than
2: three. Okay, okay. Peter was active at the Boy Scouts as a leader. And is married to the former Kathleen Boute. of Bronxville, New York. Our, our our
3: hometown. We're both from the same hometown, just north of New York City.
2: Yeah, Westchester. Right. Exactly. So if you can't tell, I'm from Long Island. Peter works and lives in two cities, Dallas mm-hmm. and in Cincinnati. That's right. It's four children. glad that you having to commute like that. I used to do that. But when air travel was easier. Peter, why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company?
3: Sure. Well, Recruit Military is the more interesting part of the story. So it's a company that's about 16 years old, and it exists for one purpose alone, and that is to help organizations excel by hiring high-quality veteran talent. Uh, as a former Marine myself, I have a strong belief that uh, if you're looking for high-quality people, and all organizations are looking for high-quality people, a great place to fish for high-quality people is the Pond of Veterans, and we are the guide to that space.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Recruit Military has been around for 16 years, and you're an ex-Marine yourself. I am. What drew you to that? Company. Well,
3: two things really. One is the mission itself and not just the, the, the national or community service aspects of hiring veterans. That's rewarding in and of itself. But what's far more interesting is the issue of helping high quality people excel in organizations. It's, uh, we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but it's interesting that people, organizations tend to hire very defensively. They tend to find out uh, what can go wrong when they hire somebody. When you're mm-hmm. talking about a veteran, they very often bring intangibles that are hard to measure in an interview they're hard to capture in a resume, and as a result however uh, those those individuals are going to be likely successful on the job because of the intangibles they bring discipline teamwork hard work resiliency things like that and So the challenge that 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 inspires me intellectually is how do we articulate Two companies and how do we give them tools and processes to hire high quality people with that in mind that the hiring process that most companies follow is a bit older a bit more defensive and uh, not as innovative as it should be
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: how do you do that? Well, our current uh, currently the way we're structured is we have four major product lines. One is the, the, our events business. We do 67 events around the country, including, for example, on October 3rd we'll be in uh, in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium. We'll also be in Baltimore, and we at these 67 events we have typically anywhere from 50 to 80 companies present and then we have anywhere from 400 to uh, 1000 veterans attending to meet those companies so events are a big part of the business the other four other other three lines of business are a job board we have a database the largest database of veterans, 625,000 veterans are in our database. So you have more veterans than Monster? Well, in a dedicated database just for veterans, Mm -hmm. yes. Monster has so many people in it, I'm sure there's some veterans in there, but that's not really what they focused on. Um, So um, we are focused square on the whole issue of veterans and to some extent spouses. Um, A third part of our business is a magazine called Search and Employ that we distribute on military bases at the transition services offices that allow companies and schools the opportunity to market themselves to veterans or soon to be veterans, active duty personnel as they transition.
2: So this magazine is given away free given away for free at the, base.
3: at the base in the transition services offices.
2: So I know I'm going to be leaving the military in six months.
3: Exactly. Well, when in all four or five with the Coast Guard services, uh, there is required training on the way out the door. It's sort of like an outplacement. It's called transition services, ACAP or TAPS, depending on the service, and in those classes, they handle at our magazine. In that class, it's it's everything from dress to success to how to write a resume and that sort of thing. And then the final line of business we're in is professional services or recruiting. We actually do uh, actual recruiting services for companies that know exactly what they're looking for and they want us to find them.
2: Mm-hmm. So you, you're working in the recruiting business as a uh- retain search or is a mostly contingency?
3: contingency. We, mostly contingency. We do some retain, but uh, the bulk of it is a combination of junior officer work, but also a lot of skilled trades. So we're very much called on uh, uh, in the energy, transportation, logistics areas. They're very eager to get their hands on veterans that either have or can be trained to uh, possess
2: skilled trades. So in other words, if I was looking for a pipe fitter or a welder, exactly, you probably have some veteran that's got that background skill exactly, or
3: or the aptitude to learn, and both of those uh, categories are great. And of course, you want not not just to be a good welder, but also show up on time, take charge of a group, be drug free, all the things that uh, an employer needs today.
2: hmm yeah, that, That's real important, especially in some of those skilled trades where you're dealing with dangerous things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Running 67 events a year, that sounds like a lot. It is.
3: 38 different cities, uh, 67 events. We have an active staff, and we have it down to a science. We've been doing events for about eight years. Honestly, no one does them like us. There are lots of uh, veteran career fairs out there, but usually it's uh, four-card tables at a VFW post. Mm -hmm. A VFW does great work, but what they don't do is put on high-quality, large career fairs like we do.
2: So if someone's on active duty and they wanted to be at the Paul Brown event, Mm-hmm. How would they do that? They have to get well, to in, in
3: the case of Paul Brown in Cincinnati, they would probably come down from, from Dayton, from, from Wright Pat, uh, the Air Force personnel, or up from Fort Campbell in the Army situation. It's a good question though. We actually have our events in cities where employers are, as opposed to on base where active duty military are, and that's for two reasons. One, it's a convenience to the employers, and two, it is the fact that um, about only about 20% of our uh, veterans are recently transitioned. About 80% have been civilian experience. They've been out for anywhere from one to 20 years. And so uh, as a result, it makes a whole lot more sense to be where the jobs are rather than on base. And also, this kind of kind of, uh, uh, sounds almost silly, but uh, most military personnel, especially a junior enlisted person, 22 years old, they're thinking about getting home to their friends and maybe try to get their old girlfriend back. They're not really focused on a job until they get back home. And about 80%, when they get off active duty, return to their home of record. Mm -hmm. So to be recruiting on base is not a terribly efficient. It's sort of a nice feel-good, but it's not a very efficient way to get workers for a given organization. Mm
2: -hmm. Peter has agreed to take telephone calls. So if you have a question for Peter during the show, it's 646-595-4916. I think we have time for uh, one more question before we take a commercial break when we'll screen the calls. Uh, you said you have 67 employers, No, oh, 67 events. How many, 80 employers come oh, to yeah, It
3: can be as high as 80 or 90. It's typically on average uh, about 60 or 70. Now, it varies. We'll do a Nashville, for example, might have 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do a uh, Dallas, Houston, New York, Chicago, and, and, and easily hit uh, 80 or more.
2: Mm-hmm. And these are companies that said they are definitely looking for one or more candidates Absolutely. who have military background or experience.
3: Exactly. And it varies uh, across industries, uh, you know, Bank of America, Slumberger, Chevron, Home Depot, Advanced Pierre uh, Foods. It's 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 an endless list. Predominantly larger companies but quite a few small companies as well. It could be Bob's Furniture Company as well.
2: Do you charge the, the employers for... Having a we do. That's our, that's our business model.
3: Our, our business model is 99.9% employer pay, and uh, to some extent, schools and franchisors as well, but predominantly employers who pay to be at our events, pay to be on our job board, and pay to be in our magazine.
2: So you might have a franchisor... We're selling a carpet cleaning franchise. Exactly,
3: the, the, those sorts of things do exist. It's it's a smaller part of our business because it's a very it's a smaller fraction of the veteran force that is appropriate to buying a franchise. It's a great choice for some, but not a good fit for others.
2: Good. Let's take a our first commercial break here. We're going to be listening to Jimmy Fox from Tip Club. Tip Club is a networking organization that I sponsor here in Cincinnati. The next Tip Club meeting is October 17th. That's a Thursday from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. here at our training center, 4357 Ferguson Drive. Jimmy, why don't you take it away? Hi,
1: I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www dot tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call eight hundred seven nine eight zero two seven zero. That's one eight hundred seven nine eight zero two seven zero. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
2: Peter, uh, this is Mike Roth, back with Peter Goodmanson from Recruit Military. Peter, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you or your staff after the show?
3: Absolutely. Um, uh, Email uh, peter at recruitmilitary.com. Our website is recruitmilitary.com, and our phone number is 513-683-5020. That's 513-683-5020. Or, again, the website is recruitmilitary.com.
2: Seems we have a caller, Peter, so let's bring him online. Is this Scott? Yes, it is. Hello. Scott, would you like to ask Peter your question?
3: Absolutely. Peter is a Marine veteran myself. It it seems very obvious to me that that companies should uh, very much want to hire veterans. Why, in your opinion, is this even an issue? Well, that's a good question. First of all, Scott, thanks for your service. Always good to talk to a fellow Marine. Um, uh, A couple reasons actually uh, why a couple questions why a couple answers to why uh, companies don't hire more veterans in in my opinion. Uh, One is this is this condition of what I call defensive hiring that I mentioned earlier that companies will often think about what can go wrong with a hire rather than really think about what can go right. Uh, and veterans bring so much in a positive direction that they're often focused on the negative, which brings us to the second point. Uh, sometimes the elephant in the room is the feeling that veterans are somehow damaged. Uh, there's whether it's PTSD or uh, other problems, uh, uh, mental or physical problems, that somehow our society, our media, our Hollywood has emphasized this image, especially in a post War, a post-Vietnam uh, era, that uh, there's something damaged about uh, veterans, which is uh, which is an unfortunate prejudice, especially when one looks at PTSD numbers uh, that a lot of researchers have uncovered, that PTSD is actually pretty prevalent in the society as a whole for non-veterans, uh, and veterans only have, uh, suffer from it a little bit higher than, than non-veterans. And finally, um, uh, and this falls more on the veterans themselves, Veterans uh, often lack job search skills. Uh, they don't know how to uh, 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 put together an elevator pitch. They can't necessarily articulate their own uh, skills and benefits, uh, and it's really incumbent on them to learn how to articulate themselves in writing and in person during an interview.
2: Is that comfort for you, uh, Scott?
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much.
2: Thank Listen, you. Thanks for calling. You know, I, I've got to bring up one of the... I've had a lot of experiences with, with veterans in the workforce. Uh, in later years, actually much better experience than my very first one, which was uh, really quite poor. <laughs> a, a CEO hired a ex-Army drill sergeant as my company's head of customer service. And he had never been in customer service, and he treated... My clients like new recruits.
3: Right. Well, that's a, that. There's that a good example of uh, it's incumbent on the company to understand what they're hiring for, and incumbent on the veterans articulate their value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, the the role of a, of a boot camp uh, a drill sergeant in the army or a drill instructor in the Marine Corps is to break down and then build up a platoon uh, of recruits to turn a uh, an 18 year old mall rat into a soldier or a marine. Totally different than customer service. However, with had that individual been properly placed, there might there might have been a warehouse somewhere that needed squaring away. Mm-hmm. There might have been uh, a a part of a production floor, or he might know, have been a, a,
2: a terribly successful cold calling person. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. The the, the aggressiveness. Of uh, mission accomplishment is very, uh, very useful in a sales environment as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would fault both that individual and the organization for not making a proper fit.
2: Right, right, I, I, and I, and we have seen over the years some highly successful uh, veterans in sales roles and uh, entrepreneurial roles. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorites is an eighty-one-year-old doctor who, after fifty years of being a doctor, quit the profession and jumped with both feet into a multi-level business, came to me and said, Mike, I want to be trained. There was money down on the table that I got to get trained so I can be a sales professional and grow my new business.
3: Lifelong learning. You, you got to love that.
2: Hey, he says to me, I'm the bionic man. I'm going to live to <laughs> <laughs> 120.
3: He probably will. Hey.
2: I wish him a lot of luck. He still he still comes to class on a semi-regular basis. Uh so you're you're you have salespeople there. At the Absolutely, community. yeah, fourteen of them. Fourteen of them, mm-hmm. and they're talking to companies about either professional recruiting or buying a table at one of your events or running an ad in one of the magazines. Exactly, we
3: call it solution selling. They're actually first of all they start with understanding what the client organization is trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. We find that people who are interested in hiring veterans are interested in one or more of the following things. One, they're just patriots, uh, community service oriented individuals. Sometimes they are compliance-driven. There's uh, something called the Office of Federal uh, Contract Compliance, OFCCP, that requires federal contractors to hire a certain percentage of veterans. It's 8% recently announced. Uh, there are others who are uh, have measurable metrics that show that veterans are a better bet for hiring for certain positions than others. Uh, and then finally, there are those that, that really measure things like cost per hire, and they realize that it's a very cost-effective means of hiring high-quality talent to go to the
2: veteran pool. I was talking to one of our clients yesterday who said he was looking, uh, would look seriously at hiring a veteran because I knew you were coming on the show. He said he's looking for a liability, people who actually show up at work every day. That's right and on time.
3: Show up, team-oriented, disciplined. Now, that's not to say that that, uh, veterans, like any other population, there is a certain small percentage of those who don't live up to those ideals. But in terms of averages, you have a better chance of getting those positive attributes out of a veteran than you will out of a anyone else off the street.
2: And that's because they're trained into those. They're trained
3: and they're also selected. It's self-selecting. So you imagine this country, you mentioned earlier, I worked for a company called Dropout and Truancy Prevention Network. 25% of American high school students today do not graduate within six Mm. years. So already to to enlist in the the forces, you have to be a high school graduate in almost all circumstances. So you're already dealing with the top 75% right there. Mm. Then you're dealing with an individual who at the age of 17, 18, 19, or 20, put their hand in the air and says, yes, I'm willing to, go to be screened, I'm willing to go to boot camp, I'm willing to be tested, I'm willing to be trained, I'm willing to do what I'm told, go to uh, anywhere from Afghanistan uh, or to uh, North Dakota and uh, and do what they're told, um, that's an ex- extraordinary person. By definition, we're talking 3% of the population as a whole. So it is a, a selected subset by
2: definition. And the population in the military, for the most part today, has selected their own way in.
3: Exactly. In fact, it's, it's all volunteer. So I was in active duty 85 to 88, and so when I was a young lieutenant, we had uh, lieutenant colonels and majors who remembered the draft years and the sergeants major and so on, and they told stories of what a different different uh, uh, set of Troops that was back then. I was even by the late 80s, uh, the mid to late 80s, had uh, transformed an, enormously from an earlier age. There are some national advantages to conscription, but very few officers I know would ever want to go back to uh,
2: conscription. Because you're dealing with people who want to be there. Exactly, by definition. Good. Uh, do you have a unique marketing advantage at Recruit Military? Are there other organizations that recruit military people?
3: Yeah, we do. We actually, actually, it's a very crowded space in many ways. There are many uh, nonprofit organizations. There are many government entities. The state of Texas, for example, uh, employs something like 70 or 80 individuals who are just involved with veteran hiring. Um, as it turns out, uh, without sounding too smug, uh, competing against the government and nonprofits is a little bit like fish in a barrel. Uh, um, however, uh, our real advantage is a couple things. One is 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 competence. We put on a good event we have a high quality database and so just workmanlike competence in doing what we say we will do uh, that also puts us in a top percentile uh, right off the bat Um, in addition to that we have high quality people we have uh, the majority of our employees are uh, veterans themselves they've been there they know it they feel the passion and they can articulate and finally uh, we have a distinction that unlike the nonprofits and the government entities we are focused squarely on the demand side as opposed to the supply side. So we see veterans as an opportunity. We go to organizations and say, let us help solve your human capital problems with high-quality talent. That's a very different proposition than saying, what are we going to do with this guy? He needs a job. And most of those nonprofits, and like most governments, they think of, uh, they think of the individual as a problem to be solved, not an opportunity to be had.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you're, you're actually aggressively going out into the marketplace and finding companies that might benefit by having a veteran.
3: Absolutely. It's all on the demand side, not the supply side.
2: Good thinking. Good thinking. Uh, what do you see the, as the opportunities and possibilities in the marketplace?
3: They're huge, actually. Um, so, so um, a lot of it has to do with um, learning how to segment our database and articulate the value of subgroups within our veteran database to employers. So right now, most of our space, and we're when we are similar in this regard, we bring em, general employers to an event with general veterans. I don't mean general in rank; I mean all-purpose veterans. All-purpose. Uh, and so, when in, in fact, we can help educate our employer clients to understand that there are subsets. Like, for example, some people, when they think of veterans, they think of a Rambo-like uh, sergeant with a machine gun ho- hosing down bad guys. Well, those do exist, and we have those types. And for certain roles, they are appropriate, those sorts of war fighters. On the other hand, there might be the sort of little nerdier uh, sonar operator on a submarine-type guy, the type of guy who can sit and listen for clicks and beeps for 12 hours straight and focus uh, and analyze. And bring his brain to bear, even though his brawn may not be quite equal to that earlier sergeant.
2: So look, that, Might be looking for computer text.
3: Exactly. So my, my point is there's tremendous diversity. Uh, I, I like to say that, that our military is the best of America, but it is still America. Uh, and as a result, we have uh, men and women uh, from all walks of life uh, who are brought to, together in a common purpose, uh, uh, adapt to a common culture uh, that is enormously diverse. Even people who, um, for political or other reasons, uh, denigrate uh, military service or um, or the military experience, think of uh, sort of mindless marching to uh, to uh, order taking. However, I've never seen such diversity as I have in the military. Uh, people from all types, all walks of life, all accents, uh, all social classes, uh, and it's amazing how it comes together and works.
2: Mm-hmm. Not that diversity can really be a, a good thing. A huge asset. Huge asset. Uh, what do you think employers are looking for right now when they they, they tell you I'm interested in hiring a vet? What are they really saying?
3: Yeah, it, it, it depends. As I said earlier, there's there's sort of a mix. Some are saying uh, are saying in in sort of patriotic terms, in community service terms, that all other things being equal, they'd like to hire a veteran, and I, I appreciate that sentiment, and that's that's a good thing. Um, but what others are saying is that there are either attributes, skills, or attitudes that they're looking for. Attributes. Are things like uh, people who that uh, tend to show up on time uh, that are disciplined and so mm-hmm. on skills are very specific skills might be soft skills like uh, team management uh, it might be harder skills like um, uh, uh, mathematical analysis or, or quantitative analysis that sort of thing and then finally attitudes uh, uh, can do spirit um, uh, team orientation mission orientation those types of things and that's really what employers are, are, are looking for these intangibles
2: mm-hmm. When I talk to employers about salespeople, the two things that they're almost universally looking for are driving and ambition and someone who's got control and close as sure. a competency.
3: Absolutely. And, and, and the ability to close very often is tied to, is tied to confidence. Mm-hmm. And someone who knows they can get over the wall or up the rope uh, is someone who can close the sale.
2: Yeah, that's closely related to a behavior we call taking action.
3: Yeah, action orientation, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the
2: guy who won't pull the trigger won't, won't succeed.
3: No, right? absolutely. And I, I think back to uh, I had about a year of, of training when I was a junior officer, six months at what the Marines called the, the basic school at Quantico, Virginia, and six months at the Army's field artillery school at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And the, the, the lasting phrase I remember is, what now, lieutenant? Uh, you'd be in the middle of an exercise. Uh, some captain would jump out from behind a tree and yell in your face, what now, lieutenant? And interestingly, the answer was always attack.
2: <laughs> uh, very
3: much a Marine mentality. But I, that, I've always kept that lesson with me throughout my career, that uh, it's all about action and attack. And to choose not to do something, to not do something is to choose not to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when in doubt, attack, attack, attack.
2: Well, that's a good philosophy. Uh, you said that you have one of the largest job boards for, for military. Uh, are you developing that in-house? For the in-house? Yeah,
3: we, we run that ent- entirely in-house. Um, it's uh um, uh, like I said, been around for about 16 years, uh, it is leader in the space. There are a lot of small regional databases, um, but we're the, the go-to one. There are about a little over 10 million working veterans in this country. Uh, and uh, like I said, we have about 625,000, which is the largest database.
2: Good. We're going to take a uh, another short commercial break here, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. We're going to listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Peter Goodmanson. Uh, Peter, we have a theory of operation here in business that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you have a complex problem, you need an equally complex solution to solve it. Perhaps you could share a problem that complex problem that you experienced and the equally complex solution that you apply that someone might be able to lift up and move to a different industry?
3: Well, I probably would start with um, the issue of, of, of messaging uh, and recruit military. Uh, as I said earlier, we are squarely focused on the demand side of, of, of the equation, uh, and we believe that by focusing on the needs of organizations, in the long run, veterans will be better served. Um, I have some concern and we have some concern uh, that that may make us sound callous, too capitalist, too focused, uh, uh, not focused enough on the needs of individual veterans. Uh, so a challenge we have is is in communicating that business serious message to our marketplace, but at the same time not losing the compassion uh, for individual veterans and their plight. Or like I mentioned earlier about the PTSD, for example, I don't mean to, at all to make make light of the fact in any way that there are veterans who have suffered, uh, whether it be brain injury uh, or or, or uh, psychological trauma from uh, things they've experienced on the battlefield. Uh, so so it's, but at the same time we have to acknowledge that that problem is a, a small fraction of the veteran uh, uh, population as a whole. Uh, so to, to to talk about these issues with hard numbers. Uh, and to frame the issues in a way that is not um, in any way um, belittling of the real problems, but at the same time uh, uh, focusing on the greater opportunity to hire veterans. So in terms of a a solution, we've uh, spent a lot of uh, time, effort, and resources focusing on fine-tuning that message, finding ways to um, get publicity uh, using media and social media and direct uh, uh, um, promotional uh, materials of our own to translate that message, that we are a serious uh, business solution uh, for a great opportunity uh, in hiring veterans. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Peter, how many uh, veterans will be, or soon to be veterans, will be leaving the military and joining the commercial workforce?
3: Every year it's about about 200,000 come off active duty and about um, 100,000 come off of the reserve service. Uh, and those numbers are, for the next four years or so, will be a little bit higher than historical numbers. So uh, that will go up a little bit. Um, we know from th- that $200,000 number, uh, num- 200000 individual number, however, it goes back uh, at least from the post-Vietnam era. So, it's so
2: it's 200000 are... Definitely looking for a new job. Two
3: hundred thousand are coming off active of duty. Right, some some fraction already have a job. Some fraction uh, are headed right to school. It's very mm-hmm. com- common for enlisted folks to uh, uh, take advantage of the GI Bill uh, and, and go right right to school. Others are retiring at the end of twenty years. Most retirees are still in their forties and they, they they plan to uh, keep working in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yes, in, in, they will all need new opportunities uh, when they take their uniform off.
2: Mm-hmm. And people who are in the re- leaving the reserve they aren't they working in the workforce they in are any way? they
3: are they actually suffer the reserve and National Guard components actually suffer from higher unemployment than others there is there are two, a couple of theories for that one of them is uh, that employers despite the usara laws and others that that are designed to f- thwart this there is some belief that they may be discriminated against by uh, by some some employers who don't want a an ace employee to get called up for uh, active service and and lose that opportunity. Uh, Whether or not that's true overall, I'm not sure, but um, that's one claim. The other uh, uh, issue is, again, they just tend to be younger, and so they're less experienced, um, not all, but uh, uh, so the reserve component does suffer from more. But, yes, many of them are either in school or working uh, civilian jobs.
2: But they're looking for something better when they come out. Exactly, exactly. Um,
3: Not uncommon. We we have a a lot of uh, followers in the reserve And uh, some are career, some are just in for five or six years, uh, a shorter period.
2: Mm -hmm. They they went into whatever education. It
3: could, could be educational benefits. It could be uh, some reservists, star, and I was a reservist as well after my active duty period in, in Garden City, Long Island. I, I had a mortar platoon out there in the mid-90s, '80s, mid 90s actually.
2: didn't be too many mortars in, no, in Garden City.
3: No, it wasn't a very safe place to shoot. Uh, uh, <laughs>
2: imagine a, uh, a million-dollar house. Well, I
3: was going to say, but there's some big backyards, <laughs> uh, but with a 35-meter uh, bursting radius, uh, that wasn't very safe. Now, we, we went down to Fort Dix, New Jersey, uh, or up to West Point to shoot. Uh, a lot safer to do so there, <laughs> but uh, actually, but um, yeah. So, so, so I, I know what it is to be in the reserves. But the reserves sometimes uh, uh, um, people enlist in the reserves or or serve as an officer in the reserves because they uh, don't quite want to make the commitment of going to active duty. The irony is the way our force structure is designed is quite a few of those in the last uh, uh, twenty years have been called up for service overseas. All the same,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, that that, that, that happens. Uh, perhaps you could uh, from your. Military background, a business background, give our listeners a leadership tip.
3: Yeah, I think that the, the, there are so many. Um, you know, what I learned in the Marine Corps, I well, actually first learned in the Boy Scouts, was reinforced in the Marine Corps, which is leadership is easy. There are just two components accomplish your mission and take care of your people. I think keeping focused on that truism alone is the key uh, uh, to leadership success. Um, another specific tip uh, that I, I often uh, think about is to keep repeating the message. A leader's role is not unlike a politician that you have to repeat you're on a constant campaign in a sense to repeat what it is that the organization stands for what it is that you're trying to accomplish uh i like to start meetings I- inside the company um with uh just recounting almost like a a creed and a religious service to repeat why are we here what are we trying to accomplish and you can't uh repeat the big picture uh, enough i believe
2: mhm mhm uh what time in the morning do you, do you have your leadership meetings?
3: Yeah, we start as early as eight. Uh, not not so bad, but that's because a lot of our our, our uh, employees need to get up and work out in the morning, uh, okay. and uh, so uh, uh, or they have family obligations and so on. But yeah, it, it, it's a bit of an early to rise, early to work uh, culture. No, early as six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That way, well, like I said, we're we're civilians now, so we get to kick back a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah we're, we're, I've worked with some uh, minor league sports teams. If you want to be on the baseball sales team in the minor leagues, you're at you're a sales meeting at six or seven a.m.
3: Wow! Yeah, we don't. We, we, since we're doing, we do with time zones as well. So from Cincinnati, we're calling up to the West Coast and so on. So that would be awfully early out there.
2: Okay. Do you actually have people on the West Coast?
3: We do. Uh, we actually have uh, one of our ace uh, salespeople is in San Diego. Uh, we have uh, uh, people in the field in uh, in Dallas, uh, New York, uh, Atlanta. Um, um, of course, Cincinnati, as I mentioned, Indianapolis, um, uh, um, soon to be Washington, D.C. So we have both a, a headquarters-based and a field-based uh, sales force.
2: Mm-hmm. Are you looking to add new people to your team?
3: We always are. Uh, we're always looking to hear from high-quality, in particular, veteran talent. It uh, always helps to have uh, – um, uh, veteran experience, so you could walk the walk and, and have a reference point. Um, but uh, the, the, the common the common uh, qualities we look for is uh, a high-quality uh, sales uh, uh, ability and experience, and as you said earlier, the willingness to get in there and, and, and do the work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, Peter has agreed to take questions from the audience. If you have a, a question, you can call in on 646 595 1-6. Uh, Peter, who are the perfect prospects for recruit military?
3: Most of our prospects uh, today are at the uh, Director of Talent Acquisition or a corporate recruiter uh, or sometimes their boss, wh- who's typically a VP of HR. Uh, and uh, I'd like to find ways to get a notch higher than that, even to the C-suite, um, CEOs in particular. Uh, it's sometimes frustrating uh, to us when we hear that uh, – you know we're fighting for a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar contract from a large company only to find out they just gave uh, five hundred thousand dollars to a uh, a veteran cause uh, that was intangible mm. not not uh, the the tangible act of actually hiring high quality talent like we can provide um so um but today it is primarily at that uh, director of a uh, recruiting h r or um uh talent acquisition
2: mhm so it probably wouldn't help you to use soundlook to learn how to See Vito, a very important top officer.
3: No, it's very important. In fact, I'm. A, I'll, I'll give you a plug for uh, sales training of all sorts, and uh, uh, it is. Uh, there's never, a, like I said earlier, use that phrase that you can never have enough of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you walk away disagreeing with it, you have to wrestle with the material. It's 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 uh, all sales training is, is well as time well spent.
2: Mm-hmm. The recruiting business, I know it works because we, We've worked with several pe- people in your industry. Absolutely. Let's take a a short commercial break here. Again, the the caller number will be 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to Sandler Rule number
4: 34. Hello, I'm Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Training, and I'm here today to talk about Sandler Rule number 34, which says work smart, and not hard. So one of the things we need to do when we're involved in in going after a a prospect is to learn how to qualify and disqualify early on. Uh, It's been my experience, you know, having done this for many, many years, as we coach our clients, as as we train them, that they seem to spend, many of them, an incredible amount of time chasing, following up business they're never going to get. And for goodness sakes, if you're going to follow, you know, finish second, why do you even want to bother being in there? We don't get paid on experience. And frequently what happens is uh, we, we have a prospect maybe who's on our top ten list, let's say, and we want so badly to meet them, and we finally get an appointment with Mr. or Ms. Big, and, and uh, we're brought in there, and uh, next thing you know, we're doing a proposal to a totally unqualified situation. And uh, maybe it's a much larger piece of business than we normally would be working with, and we wind up and think it overland. And next thing you know, we're following up and we're we're making phone calls and and we're sending emails and nothing's happening. I'll tell you what is happening is we're not prospecting because we're spending too much time with prospects we're never going to do business with. In fact, I'd like you to write that question down and kind of track it over the next several days. How much time? Do I spend following up, chasing business I'm never going to get, and how do I suffer with that? One of the ways that you can work around that is instead of going after a a large chunk of dollars, start with a smaller piece. We call it a monkey's paw. Get some dollars maybe for an assessment, maybe for a pilot program. You'll also keep your competition out of the picture. You'll at least feel like you're making some progress, and then you can make it work better. So again, Jerry Weinberg, Sandler rule number thirty four, work smart, not hard.
2: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Recruit Military's president and CEO, Peter Goodmanson. Uh Peter, do you guys have Something like a long-term strategic plan over there at recruit military.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So there's there are really sort of three planning horizons. One is a sort of a five-year plan, not sort of it is a five-year plan. Uh, then we have an annual uh, strategy uh, memo uh, that we put together, f- followed by a budget that supports it. And then that's and then there's a constant a constant refinement to that. That never ends. Uh, but the most formal process is in the fall of each year uh, for the coming calendar year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, The Sandler process that I put my clients on is a 24-month strategic long-term plan. And every six months, we throw away the completed six months and review it and add six months on at the other end. It makes sense. It's the only way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, too many uncertainties in the marketplace. You never know what's going to happen next. That's right. Uh, How effective is Recruit Military at achieving its goals?
3: Yeah, highly effective. Uh, and there are two sets of goals. They're the goals of our clients and they're the goals of the company internally. Uh, the go- and w- one leads to the other. If we don't uh, satisfy the needs of our clients, uh, nothing else matters and we won't, of course, uh, realize our own goals. Uh, but measured by the ability to help clients attract veteran talent, appreciate, and what I mean by appreciate is both understand and also celebrate. Uh, veteran talent and then finally retain them so there are hard metrics around that we can look at uh, we're ha- in fact that's one of the things we do is help clients understand what are those hard metrics uh, and uh, looking at what percentage of, of, um, of interviews granted uh, or first of all inquiries and then interviews granted and then offers made are are veterans uh, and then help them refine their brands as employers uh, to make them more attractive to veterans and finally to uh, take steps Affirmative steps to make sure they are retaining the best of the veteran talent.
2: Mm-hmm. What areas do you think uh, your company is really good at, and which areas do you think you really need to to work on?
3: We're good at, uh, particularly good at two things: uh, the competence in putting on high quality events. There's a lot of detail that goes into event job and fairs. Job fairs, right? mm-hmm. exactly. We call them opportunity expos or job fairs or even career fairs. All the same thing. Um, and uh, there's a lot of detail, and if it's done right, you don't even notice it. If, if things go wrong, you notice right away. Uh, the most important thing is having enough employers to have candidates, and enough candidates to have employees. Employers. But finding that balance is critical. We're very good at that. The second thing we're very good at is uh, maintaining our database, uh, attracting veterans. We add about three to four hundred veterans per day uh, mm-hmm. uh, into our database, uh, and so it's been growing. Actually, uh, in the last uh, five months in particular, we've actually doubled the rate of intake. Uh, by by search engine optimization and search engine marketing uh, techniques to make sure veterans know we're out there and that they need to be in our database um, What we need work on is uh, productizing ideas uh, for example um, uh, A lot of large companies have told us they want more training. They want training on uh, understanding veteran candidates and retaining them mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Productizing that so it's not just one-offs uh, to uh, to have um, uh, um, probably a membership concept, uh, uh, using webinars and, and conferences to bring veteran hiring managers together across uh, companies. So learning to productize ideas like that, we're getting better at it, but that's something we need, need more work.
2: So that will be a, a seminar that you for, put on for example, yeah, for 15 employees all over the country.
3: Exactly. We, we have found that we tend to think of our customer base as discrete individuals when, in fact, they're really a community. Uh, and they may even be competitors. A UPS and a FedEx may compete each, against each other in the marketplace. But when it comes to hiring veterans, they have a, a unified view and they can learn from each other. And in fact, as professionals, they're not uh, they're not uh, uh, afraid to uh, share best practices with each other. So we have to change our thinking from that of a hub and spoke that we're it's us to many customers and think more in terms of being a web that helps uh, connect various customers to each
2: other. Mm-hmm. Are there any real changes you see that recruit military has to make to uh, ensure future growth?
3: Um, in terms of has to make, uh, I, I think we're on the right track. Uh, uh, I think we need to um, keep doing what we're doing. Like I said, in terms of building community among our clients, community among our candidates. Um, I think we need to incorporate more social tools in what we do. Um, Increasingly, employers are realizing that, let's say, for example, you want high-quality welders. Well, the best place to find high-quality welders is the friends of other high-quality welders. Uh, So learning to use Facebook uh, and uh, LinkedIn and other tools to make connections in the community uh, and and taking leadership of that process is something we're going to have to learn how to do.
2: It sounds like you're going to need a social media department.
3: We have one already. Uh, Yeah, we have one already. Social media is very important. Uh, We have something like uh, 70,000 Facebook likes. Uh, We have uh, an active uh, 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 Twitter presence. Uh, And um, in particular, I encourage people to go to uh, Facebook and and search for Recruit Military and and, uh, like us. Because you'll find we uh, we took sort of a whimsical approach, and we have a lot a daily. Some of them are serious postings, but many of them are sort of whimsical historical references, like today is Admiral Nimitz's birthday, or uh, name this aircraft, and things like that. It tends to get our our, our audience engaged, our audience of candidates primarily, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a lot of fun <laughs> and very effective.
2: Do you have like a a hashtag on Twitter?
3: Uh, hashtag recruit military.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. simple enough. Exactly. Uh you have a vision for your company, where you'd like to see the company five years from today? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I mean, in terms of financial measures, uh, twice the size of what we are today in terms of revenue and, and, and profit. Um, uh, I want to, to not sound too bold, but I want to own the veteran space. I want uh, every veteran candidate to feel that if they're starting or executing a job search, they need to be in our database and they need to be attending our events without question. Likewise, I want to be the go-to source, as we are today, but even more so for all organizations who want to hire uh, top-quality talent. Their first thought should be, I need to hire veterans, and I need to go to recruit military to find those veterans.
2: Uh, you mentioned your software. Is that some, a CRM that you bought off the shelf? Or uh,
3: we Actually, use Salesforce.com uh, really? is, is our CRM. Um, we had our own internal one for, for many years, but uh, we went over to uh Salesforce and uh so far it's been quite effective. It's 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 far more complex but it's very uh has a lot of capability.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sa- Sandler a couple of years ago developed templates to Sandlerize the most popular CRMs. Oh, interesting. Salesforce, Microsoft C R M and Act. Right. Uh it's been a a good uh use of dollars to get Sales managers to be able to look in at the right parameters, the key performance okay. indicators, and daily cookbook for the sales representatives. Um, as you examine the components for growth in your world, does it center on strategy, people, or process?
3: All three. <laughs> I'll take the easy way out. It's really all three. Uh, uh, being aimed, uh, I'll, I'll use the, the metaphor of uh, artillery uh, since that's what I used to do. You have to be aimed in the right direction. Uh, then you have to have the right people uh, and, uh, and and go about certain steps uh, to get that round down range. Uh, and so all three are important. Um, and um, uh I, I we're, we're working for incremental improvements in all those areas. But if we don't have the right people, it's very hard to, to get it done. But we're in the people business. We are the product in many ways. Uh, not only do our, our c- customer-facing salespeople and support people need to uh, do an effective job, they also need to model what it is that we're selling, which is high-quality talent.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: As a leader,
2: what motivates you to make tough decisions?
3: Uh keeping an eye on, on those leadership principles I mentioned at the beginning, which is ac- mission accomplishment and taking care of people. Uh, and so you have to make tough decisions to make sure you uh, accomplish the mission, but at the same time, uh, do that with compassion and 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 uh, uh, sensitivity to people uh, because um, at the end of the day, that's the second part of that leader's mission is to take care of your people. And sometimes the way you take care of someone is to separate them from the organization because they can be successful somewhere else if they're not successful with you.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, We've determined, Peter, that it takes three things for a CEO to be highly successful in business. Number one, outlook, your core beliefs as a leader. Second, desire, uh, your passion for success. And and third is commitment, your willingness to do whatever it takes. It sounds like you're the type of guy who wants to do whatever it takes. Uh, Can you give us a a little bit more on your thoughts on each of those areas, desire, Outlook and commitment.
3: Yeah, I, I would use just synonyms for the same concept. I talk in, in terms of, of vision uh, drive uh, And and purpose both the why uh, And uh, so understanding very clearly what it is that we're trying to accomplish in our case It's 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 a very very crystal clear mission help organizations excel by attracting appreciating and retaining the highest quality veteran talent very easy Uh, uh, to understand what that's all about. And it's a a mission that one can be proud to mention at a cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, not that there aren't other uh, important uh, missions out there, but this is something that we feel strongly about. Drive is is the genuine faith and belief that veterans make great employees. And so it's almost an evangelical zeal to spread that word. Not without exclusion, like I said, there are some veterans I wouldn't hire, uh, but I'd nine times out of ten be more comfortable hiring a veteran than the non-veteran candidate. And that that sincere, passionate belief drives us. Uh, and so um, that's really, yeah, I, I, I like that word choice, and I agree entirely that that's what um, leaders, whether CEOs or otherwise, need to focus on.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and in hiring a vet, it's the same as Hiring someone out of of the general population, don't put a round peg in a square hole.
3: Exactly. exactly. Fit is very important. Uh, In in fact, one of the lessons uh, veteran experienced leaders need to learn in the civilian world is in the military we take great pride in getting the best possible results out of whatever troops you've been assigned. As Napoleon said, there are no bad regiments, just bad colonels. And uh, there's a lot of wisdom to that. However, in the civilian world... Uh, it's, at least in America for now uh you, one can make uh, a more flexible choices uh with human resource talent and uh sometimes making a change is the right thing to do
2: but mm-hmm. bringing in the right talent
3: and, and if you do that at the beginning you don 't have to make the
2: changes down the road right Collins and good to great was right when he said we get the right people on the bus sitting in the right seats that 's the key. most people leave out that last part about yeah. getting to sit in the right seats exactly and that 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 's the critical thing uh well, we're running a little bit light on time here, Peter. Uh, I want to thank you being on the show today uh, and an appreciation for being on the show. I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, one of the newest Sandler books, The 47, 49 Sandler Rules by Dave Matson. Great. Went to uh, number one on the Amazon bestseller list. Stayed for three months on the Wall Street Journalist. Uh, and in that, there's be a training calendar and a free pass you're invited to come to. Any one of the Sandler training classes that you can get into your schedule?
3: I look forward to that.
2: Uh you have any any last thoughts or comments about Recruit Military, Peter?
3: Um just a thanks thank you for letting us uh letting me come out today uh and um inviting me to the show. Um and uh, recruit military is um, is a company that anyone out there who's interested in hiring veterans or hiring high quality talent who in this case happen to be veterans uh, get in touch with in touch with us online or via telephone, and uh, we'll see if we can
2: help you. Good. Thanks again, Peter. Thank you, Scott. Take it away.
0: Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission, and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at mike.roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at five one three. Seven five three nine four zero zero.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do.